welcome everyone to your She-Hulk podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is my co-counsel, Pete. Hello, Pete. I'm wearing pants, right? The She-Hulk podcast by Fantastic Geek for She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Episode 8, Ribbit and Rip It, is brought to you by Monahan's Wholesale. Forget about the guard frog. Pete, as we make our way around the podcast world here, of course, tomorrow we'll be podcasting Andor episode five. Really looking forward to that. It's an episode that you can really sink your spoon into as you eat your crunchies and your blue milk and so forth. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, two mothers disappointed in the Star Wars universe in one episode. Can't wait to discuss. And of course, on Sunday, we will be talking Lower Decks, episode 307, an unusual episode to be sure, uh, and certainly looking forward to, uh, I don't know, diving into that. And uh, to news out of the Star Trek panel at New York Comic Con, which will be tomorrow, with Star Trek Discovery. Uh, no, wait, my notes say there's no Star Trek Discovery because uh now there isn't and wait oh what's going on matt so pete in the last three or four days uh we've gone from i guess uh, consistent through those three four or five days has been the uh star trek universe new york comic-con picture uh which uh has featured uh michael burnham from discovery and picard from you know picard and uh i believe janeway from prodigy However, in the last couple of days, the discovery portion of that disappeared from the description. Um, now, more recently, it's been added to it. It's gone from Sonika Martin-Green talks about the show to nothing to now Sonika Martin-Green, Wilson Cruz, and Anthony Rapp talking with producers about the show, uh, talking about Michael Burnham's journey. So they haven't changed the copy from when it was just her. So it seems changes are afoot there. This had us both doing double takes and went back and surely checked. Yes, in September, it was promoted that Star Trek Discovery would be there like they have been every year. Um, and then it dawned on me uh, watching the news, Matt, the Kevin Spacey trial has begun in New York City and Anthony Rapp, series regular Anthony Rapp, um, who really helped to get Kevin Spacey pulled off so many of these projects um, with the revelation that he had been assaulted by Spacey uh, when he was a teen actor on Broadway. So we'll see what comes out of the Star Trek panel at New York Comic Con, particularly kind of the intrigue within the intrigue. I suspect there's a certain PR perspective to say, what if we talk about Picard and Prodigy and avoid some of the other particulars there? I suppose time will tell and we'll certainly... Well, what about when the showrunner, the co-showrunner of Discovery tweets today, see you tomorrow, question mark? I have to admit, Pete, when you said that off mic, I thought you were being humorous in what is not a great situation here, you know, the particulars of Anthony Rapp and his testifying and all that. I did not know that she actually put the question mark there. So to me, that that just adds to the question, of course. That just 
if she doesn't know if she's going to see us there tomorrow, clearly people are trying to figure out what gives Star Trek the right bounce out of New York Comic Con. I mean, we're about to discuss a legal drama, and here, one of the other things we cover, there's legal and drama? Well, whatever comes out of New York Comic Con certainly will be discussing, uh, among other places, on that Lower Decks podcast on Sunday. But bringing it back to Marvel, Pete, today is when Werewolf by Night hit Disney+. Plus. Maybe they should have saved it for the evening. I don't know. But Werewolf by Night hit today, and we'll be podcasting it on Monday, uh, October 10th. Yeah, so make sure that you get us your feedback on that extra item this week. One more outburst and I'll hold you in contempt. Previously on Jennifer Walters show, after the Marvel Studios logo, a robber questions OLED versus QLED outside Monaghan's wholesale. The store might be closed, but they forgot about the guard frog. Um delightfully cheesy from the outset as he's there to stop them he leaps and he's uh, he jumps the robbers are unimpressed um so is it actually guard frog no it's it's leapfrog one word um and this is then intercut with mr petilio talking about how uh the the baddies were were uh you know so moved by his uh <laughs> being out there to save folks that night but he had a super suit malfunction. The boots exploded. Uh, and that supposedly inflammable suit was on fire. And look, he's got third degree burns all over his legs, he says, as putting his feet up on the table. Because, Pete, uh, this is an action comedy. He wants justice and compensation for all his pain, mental anguish, and stuff. Jen says... It seems to be a pretty clear case of manufacturer's defect, negligence, strict liability, and breach of warranty. She believes he is owed compensatory damages. The name of the manufacturer, however, <gasps> is none other than Luke Jacobson. Pete, that's the guy from the other episode who made the things. We uh, have a last name now. <laughs> <laughs> um Jen explains these particulars to Holloway, uh, but she is told that Mr. Patilio Sr. Uh, is very important to the firm, needs to be kept happy and so forth, even if this particular lawsuit is a bit of a flight of fancy. But isn't she conflicted, you know, ethically, since her tailor is Luke too? Uh, she has gotten used to these nice clothes, um, but he reminds her that she's already filled out a, uh, a a waiver to address such things. Pete, that was with your abomination arc earlier in the season. Um, so not an issue there. Uh, and ultimately it's suggested by Holloway, the, the crafty lawyer, that perhaps she can make a private agreement with Luke so that nothing needs to be filed. So still have the legal muscle, just keep it out of court. Ribbit and rip it indeed. At Luke's, Jen sneaks in and Luke tells her not to rush him after he told her dress for the gala won't be ready until Friday. Check it in on that story point for a little later on. But she informs him she's there under some unpleasant business, having been retained by a client who suffered serious injuries due to a dysfunctional suit 
he sold him. While nothing has been filed, Luke is taken aback because his work is impeccable. She knows that firsthand, but he doesn't trust her anymore. The dress tells Luke She-Hulk will never get another suit by him ever again. And he rips the prepaid dress and blocks, blacklists, and reports the greasy old buffalo. Goodbye, tragedy. Uh, Pete, where's our Luke Jacobson spinoff? I would very much enjoy it. Uh, but Pete, indeed, we are going to go to, uh, perhaps not trial, but we're going to go to a hearing on this. We are in the courtroom. Uh, okay, we have uh, uh, Leapfrog there. We have Jen there. It appears Luke Jacobson was not a lawyer. I, I, I guess, Pete, there's no dramatic entrance about to happen here. This is going to be easy, Jen says. Uh, unless, maybe unless... He's not representing himself. Where is his counsel, Pete? I bet I know who it's going to be. Wait, wait. It's Matt Murdock there, Pete, uh, just in case you weren't expecting it. Uh, it's Matt Murdock making the uh, dramatic entrance. There he is. He apologizes because his driver got lost. We knew that Daredevil was coming. Obviously, they gave us that in the promotion. Never any promise, though, that there'd be some Matt Murdock. So kudos to making it happen this way, even though we kind of sense it from the setup does kind of play into the, the trope of the comedy. Um, he asks the judge that uh, opposing counsel's motion to compel production of Luke's client list be rejected. Jen asks us who he is. Uh, she says, to the judge, there could be multiple instances of Luke's other clients sustaining injuries. Murdoch vigorously defends Luke's client's privacy. Hmm. First of all, I appreciate that for a show that, you know, Pete, the writers themselves have said this is not primarily uh, an exploration of legal particulars and so forth. But here it's like Matt Murdoch shows up and there's a whole lot of lawyer talk awfully fast all of it sounding pretty lawyerly and so forth uh but to your point it's not just about privacy for privacy's sake to share that client list could put luke jacobson in danger indeed could put those uh those other clients in danger as well um but there is the central issue here of the the malfunction and the frog boots are held up we of course see whoa whoa, whoa. you sped past the sokovia accords being repealed oh uh, Pete, they've been repealed. I thought I thought spoiler Pete knew that. It's but um yeah, no. Uh, Pete that does make um lots of things in the MCU uh, a little bit easier now, doesn't it? That in retrospect it makes sense, but uh happy repeal day. We've been, you know, speculating all this time what does this mean against Sokovia Accords? What does this mean uh to hear it and to hear Matt Burdock Daredevil uh, Charlie Cox tell us this of all people, I think particularly resonates. But Pete, back to those boots which are held up. Of course, we, by way of the magic of editing and close-ups and so forth, see that Matt smells the jet fuel. Or first of all, he just smells something with the boots. Uh, he identifies it. Hey, is that jet fuel? And then very quickly here, well, wait, it's not supposed to be jet 
uh, fuel. That's against the manufacturer's uh, description, voiding the warranty, etc., cetera, et cetera. Therefore, uh, improperly using the product means that there is no fault ascribed to the tailor. With that, the judge says, bang, bang. And technically, he's not ending the trial. He's ending this hearing, which would compel a discovery phase. But Pete, you can't get evidence without discovery. Therefore, in layman's terms, the trial, bang, bang, over. Love how they play around, too, with the conventions. We know anybody who knows the character of Daredevil, whether it is from the comics, whether it is from the Marvel, Netflix, now on Disney Plus show. Uh, you know, how does he know that uh, Eugene Patillo is lying? Well, we all know he's lying. With the hearing uh, dispensed with the story that goes a little bit, you know, advances time a bit. Jen is at the bar, uh, but an apple teeny is sent her way by Matt Murdock. Pete, I won't complain that really she should have seen him sitting there just at a 90 degree away from the bar. I get magic She's of editing. He's not blind, right? <laughs> uh, he wanted to ex- uh, extend a peace offering. So what is his story and why is he out here? New York boy. Uh, He says he's getting some suits. You see, Pete, that is both misleading and truthful. Uh, He references having his own practice. Pete, you might remember that from the maybe same universe, maybe not same universe uh, adventures taking place in uh, Marvel's Daredevil over there on the former Netflix. Well, I guess it still is Netflix. You know what I mean? The Hell's Kitchen there where they mostly do pro bono work you see pete they didn't take it all away uh but he's not gonna give any more details by the way that's just about it we're gonna get another we a little bit later but that's it he quickly uh bottles up both about the whole daredevil stuff as well as whether all those jeff Loeb efforts were mcu or not pete do you remember that time that jeff Loeb? we were in the room when jeff Loeb said and now Marvel Television has made more hours of entertainment than Marvel uh, Studios. Ha ha ha! Why do you make a villain voice for uh, Jeff Lowe? Because I think his eventual one-day boss, Kevin Feige, the most financially successful producer of all time, who uh, whose Marvel Studios absorbed Marvel Television and then got rid of everyone who worked for Marvel television. Um, maybe that was a classic. Don't poke the junior bear on his way up the tree because one day the junior bear might be your boss. If bears are bosses, it's like the star Trek episode, but I digress. Wouldn't you do the, you know, villain voice for Kevin Feige then? Um, I think MCU output in my mind is better than Marvel TV output. Also, I don't know. At a time, I don't know. Look, Pete, I once shook Jeff's Loeb ha- Jeff Loeb's hand. All right, and he's he was a nice enough guy, but I think he I think he didn't expect uh, to lose his sweet I don't know New York Marvel office access and have it all wiped away and have it all go running to Kevin Feige one day. Well, Matt Murdock thinks that Jen Walters is in a unique position to do some real good. Jen Walters can use the law to help people when society fails them, and She-Hulk can help people when the law fails them. 
She steps away to make a call, and Jen asks if we're all feeling this, not just her. Matt, it's like we've all been saved. Pete, though we are wondering who is on the line with Matt Murdock, Jen 2 has a communication. It's a text from Todd, the gross former client uh, who wants to meet with her. I'm sure, Pete, there won't be any more intersections with gross guys in this or next week's episode. Um, But she needs perhaps to go deal with Todd. Matt definitely is being taken away by something. So she will go see Todd, uh, just Todd. And he talks in what is maybe the most deliciously cringeworthy comedy that the MCU has ever had. He talks about having won at auction a Wakandan war spear for a million, you know, a million dollars. Um, he does love African art. Wakanda forever. And it's just, Pete, I think we all know a Todd, but here we all know this Todd. Todd's, Dennis's. The show is full of them, Matt. They're not all like Daredevil. Um, even claims to have studied in Wakanda, you know, the Wakanda that had closed borders and you couldn't get in there. Um, and uh, yeah, doing the thing, which of course makes Jen uncomfortable as it should, because it's uh, appropriation. Um and she keeps this all professional, other than being grossed out by his advances here. What the legal issue is, apparently the Wakandans want the war spear back because it was stolen by colonizers, they claim. Uh, but he has the receipts as he slides over and places a glass of wine in front of her. She moves it back across and he calls her babe so they can drop the coy thing because he doesn't play games and he takes her hand uh, because he can tell they're both feeling it. And she objects leaving and telling him she's billing him for the whole hour. Uh, the, 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 the burniest burn a lawyer can give uh, at home. Jen is physically beat. This is not a comic book, you know, rock and sock and thing. She's tired from her day. But her phone rings. It is Leapfrog. He's being attacked physically and maybe legally too. <laughs> He's on his way to the lily pad, his famous secret lair. Let's just revel in those words there, Pete. The 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 D-bag subtext of one having a famous secret lair. Uh, but Jen is on her way as Jen, but waits. No, now she's going for her suit, which we have yet to see except for as you reminded me last week, the uh, you know the trailer those many months ago, so uh, that reactivated the memory for it, made what's about to happen maybe a little less special. But Pete, take us to the car. As Leapfrog attempts to flee, Daredevil, uh, Jen appears and stops the car. Um, Daredevil tells her she needs to back off, and she tells Eugene Patillo to leave. She smashes the ground. And Daredevil's butt remains unwhooped before jumping off the parking garage acrobatically as Leapfrog speeds away. Matt, what what do you think about those acrobatic leaps? Pete, you know what I really did not like about the Marvel Daredevil, Marvel Netflix Daredevil? You know, all those like 
practical hallway fights where you have actors and stunt people train for many hours to do a real thing in camera for real. You didn't like that? You know what I like better? I like it when there's digital doubles that look like they're spaghetti rubber. Um, and that way they don't look human because then I'm reminded that um, nothing is real and this is all pretend. Um, or maybe, wait, do I have it's that the other way around? And do I like it when it looks real? All the stunt doubles. What's that? If only they could save all those stunt doubles. <laughs> well, all I know is this, Pete. It's Look, the digital doubles are a little rubbery here, but... It's a nice, fun fight overall, and they're they're up top, and then they're partway down. When they finally get down, I do like that, okay, enough is enough here. She-Hulk, Hulk uh, claps, Hulk smashes, whatever. It's not Hulk, Hulk smash, but she does the Hulk clap, um, revealing Pete, you'll never guess it, the man playing Daredevil is the same as the guy who played, wait for it, wait for it, Peter Parker's lawyer in that spider-man movie last year it's he's Matt a Murdock. really good lawyer um Matt Murdock? that's the one um i think all those times other people couldn't get so close um pete can i just say since i'm being slightly uh finger wavy towards some of the stuff here can i just say uh i don't like the final version of the golden red suit i don't i don't like it i just want to say that I think the the red and black was better. Uh, that they went for comic accuracy in terms of the colors. That they're doing it under the guise of a designer having done it. I'm fine with it. Jen shrinks down here and asks if Matt pretends to be blind because it's really problematic. Um, he actually is blind. He just uses a spatial method to quote unquote see. Basically, he has really good hearing. So, Matt, he can definitely hear that there is a Rogers the Musical billboard in the background. Yes, and as noted on Twitter, I don't know if we were tagged, uh, but as uh, Noel Gardner noted, that means that the show must now be on tour. So yep. when is it coming to a, to a city near you? Which uh -huh. I feel like generally, I mean, look, either it's clearly Rogers the Musical the closest you know anagram is hamilton which has multiple uh productions happening at the same time so sure there's maybe some of us saw uh rogers the musical on broadway and others can enjoy the the first national tour i'm sure it's the same it's not but pete let's focus here on the plot uh matt murdoch aka daredevil uh, revealing that uh, Leapfrog actually is the baddie here. He has kidna kidnapped the beloved uh, Luke Jacobson. Uh, now, who is he? He's Daredevil. Um, we, I think it's at this point where we get what might be the best Marvel Netflix era theme song. I think it might be. Uh, but she notes that it's daring for his colors to be ketchup and mustard, <laughs> which I feel like is the movie dunking on itself the show rather dunking on itself which is a an interesting choice but it did get a chuckle from me how about uh he tell luke that she begs him not to um and uh he has to go save luke they go but not before she leaves a note for the destruction she's wrought at the lily pad matt lit up in neon there is a qr code 
on a telephone pole, uh, which will lead you to She-Hulk 009, featuring Daredevil, and an elder Stephen Rogers. Matt, are they going to do this? Uh, maybe we kind of got it here. We got the old Rogers, the musical, which is not a new Easter egg anymore. Um, we go inside the lily pad. We, the story, go inside the lily pad where uh, Leapfrog wants a bunch of things, including a talking suit with British AI heard. Um, Jen and Daredevil are watching from above, um, but it's noted by Daredevil that there aren't any henchmen. Henchmen believe in the cause. These are goons because goons are here for pay. Uh, there's a total of 25 of them. He can hear the heartbeats. He did can you, hear. Did you hear where they were, though? I did not. Seven below, eight in front, ten in the hallway? Oh, man. Uh, Pete, we could be on to something there. Uh, he can hear her heartbeat, too, in a moment of some magnetism. He notes that it's going, uh, her heart is beating pretty fast. Uh, and he proposes a plan to break in using stealth. Pete, this could be where, okay, Marvel Television gets smoted out of existence because he could have said, I'll do it for the first time. But no, he's done this a million times. Pete, isn't it like those left coast people there not hearing about the things going on in the streets of New York? He has experience. She does not. Okay. And he jumps off the roof. In the aforementioned hallway, which if you've seen the Daredevil before, you know he tends to do his best work in, at least on the show Charlie Cox was on for three seasons. Uh, one goon laments being a baby frog to another who thought they were Leapfrog's tadpoles when Daredevil shows up in that hallway for a hallway fight that Jen ultimately crashes after tadpole number five radios for backup. Yeah, this is a nice hallway fight, fast editing, whipping camera. Who needs practical reality and lots of stunt training? Just get those computer nerds to do it. Um, but with kind of act one of the hallway fight completed, you know, taking out the one guy, throwing another against the wall, taking out three more, five more baddies line up, ready to get him. Triumphant moment. Pete, the return of the flavor of Jeff Loeb's Marvel television. Uh, but no, She-Hulk just smashes down on them. I might sound like I'm down on it. I'm actually not. I just like really, really imagining that, I don't know, there's all this behind-the-scenes drama between Marvel TV and Marvel Studios. Um, so there you go. One can't exist without the other. And they, we have, uh, you know, Charlie Cox's Daredevil that they've brought over. Bear in mind to Vincent D'Onofrio, Wilson Fisk. Hopefully some more of them coming. Uh, not looking at you. Um, Danny Rand of Rand Enterprises. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look in other spots there, possibly for uh, Colleen Wing. But anyway, um, that Charlie Cox was so visibly and audibly beloved by the uh, production and post-production people. We spent a fair amount of time around at New York Comic Con just further cements 
why it was super easy for, I mean, he was the first one brought back over D'Onofrio films after him for Hawkeye. And all right. So you play with the convention of the hallway fight. It's her show. You have her she Hulk smash into it. Okay. And then make a joke out of it for the, the show and the humor of it, not, you know, using the previous show and earlier depictions of the character as a joke. We cut to the middle of the lair uh, and all of a sudden it's wondered, wait, what is that? Uh, She-Hulk smashes in. Uh, she makes a beeline to rescue Luke while Daredevil takes out many, many of the baddies here. Um legal excuses uh legal defenses get uh pondered first by uh she hulk then daredevil um perhaps uh perhaps leapfrog is dealing with uh mania or perhaps traumatic expression due to ptsd uh these are all possibilities it's wondered aloud if daredevil is a lawyer uh which again we're erring on the side of action comedy here that's okay uh but i do love the the pièce de resistance which is Leapfrog uh, getting those boots ready to go. He's going to rib it and rip it, uh, but the boots don't work. He goes out the window and all the way down, presumably delightfully breaking both legs. <laughs> As he's gurneyed away here, um, we have obviously Luke and uh, Jen uh, coming here to have the conversation. Luke forgives her. Uh, of course, he'll make her gala dress. He's not a monster. Uh, and then proceeds to tell her that uh, she shouldn't get too bloated between now and Friday. Which obviously was meant to be biting me personally as a guy. I don't know that I kind of need a little body shaming dig thrown in there in this show. I don't know. Um, Luke, you said your piece. You had your moment and so forth, but whatever. On the roof daredevil and jen sit uh will he be giving a statement to the cops no no that's not his thing he's he's got a secret identity thing um they thank each other for helping um now daredevil was the lead superhero right uh there's a lovely tension in the air uh he wonders that perhaps when he uh though he's heading to new york tomorrow uh maybe the next time he's back he could take her out to dinner uh, she proposes that they just skip dinner and uh, and Pete, you can take the recap from there. <laughs> Back at her place, they enter, of course, amorously uh, the humorous struggle of trying to get him out of his daredevil suit uh, before finally tastefully shot here, being able to relieve themselves of the encumbrance of clothing as uh, a door closes with nothing but uh, bare feet able to be seen. The next morning, uh, Daredevil is walking, you know, home in quotes, uh, boots in hand. Uh, a delightful, a delightful moment. I, perhaps, perhaps if one wants to argue some logistical issues there, you could, but it's, again, it's meant to be done for comedy, and I think we all chuckled. Uh, we see Jen in the living room. She thinks that it's weird that we're still here. Shouldn't the episode be over? Uh, Nikki comes in. Uh, she saw the devil guy and 
puts two and two together. Uh, oh, aren't we happy? Hooray. Uh, so what is this scene, Jen wonders? The episode's already come to a very satisfying conclusion. Believe her. Pete, I believe that that's figurative language as well as literal. Nikki says that she can tell her later, but they have to do her hair and makeup for uh, the gala await. That doesn't feel right. That's got to be next episode, the finale, a tacked on set piece near the end of the season. Uh, what will the big twist be? Another Hulk that's red or she's getting frozen? Uh, love that Nikki, uh, a week after the um, announcement that Hugh Jackman is returning as everybody's Logan the Wolverine, uh, puts her brushes in her fingers to look like claws so that she can make uh, Jen look amazing. Whatever, Jen's game. Quick tangent, Pete. Uh, that reminded me that I've never seen The Wolverine, that movie. So this weekend, after I watch Werewolf uh, by Night, I get to see a brand new old Wolverine movie that somehow escaped me. So, you know, at least I think it's on Disney+. Plus. Um, the evergreen MCU here. We cut to the gala where Jen steps out, Nikki in tow, both looking fabulous. Uh, the CG especially well done here. Maybe they started the scene first. I don't know. In the lobby, mom and dad are there. Pete, you might have forgotten who they are, but they're not perfect strangers to Jen. Um, I didn't shoehorn that in at all. They're so proud of her. Uh, and they say, let's go sit. Cause we got, you know, an end of episode pace to, to maintain here. These Southern California legal society awards start off with a host with a really corny joke about women in high heels and doing everything backwards. Um, and then he reads off uh, who the award goes to. And it's not just Jen, but several women, including Mallory book. He asks what it's like being a female lawyer. Uh, the women talk about some of the normal platitudes there. Um, but Jen Instead, wants to thank her parents. And this is some truly excellent CG here. Um, I like Mallory's answer. Twice the work, half the recognition, and constantly being asked what it's like to be a female lawyer. When you have Renee Elise Goldsberry, you use Renee Elise Goldsberry. Um, but the screen behind them all of a sudden gets, uh, gets hacked. Uh, the screen asking if they want to see who She-Hulk really is. Uh, there's intelligentsia information coming in. They're saying she doesn't deserve the praise. Uh, and then video of her encounter with Josh is shown. And uh, she smashes the screen, now angry. Something worth getting angry about here. Uh, and take it from there, Pete, as we see the angry She-Hulk. On the heels of this utter violation of her privacy, Matt, Mallory attempted to dissuade her from smashing the screen, uh, but she noticed dad seeing this. I think that's the thing that really threw her over the top. Uh, alarms go off. Uh, Mr. Holloway is hurried out with uh, a, a look of horror. There's the close-up realization on 
Jen's face there in CG of what this all means. And then as she scans the room, she sees several guys in masks using their phones to film her. She rushes them and uh, runs through a wall, grabs and lifts one outside. But then there are other guys with techie guns that could probably hurt She-Hulk, though she's impenetrable, never quite explained to us, but we we feel the fear. Uh, Nikki screams no, and Jen drops the man. There are red beams glittering off her gown. She puts her hands up and looks at us as the credits roll. Your Honor, may I approach the bench? May I approach the bench? It's time to step aside and approach the bench to discuss some off-the-record theories. You be the judge. So, I feel like Todd's presence in this episode, A, it's in the previously on, B... Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a it is an amusing scene in and of itself with the uh, appropriation and so forth, but particularly the previously on pushing the notion that he's this kind of you know gross um, fanboy kind of thing. Surely Todd is one of these masked guys, right? I think he might be the guy, Matt. He referred to uh, Jen as a specimen. He has this obsession with not only She-Hulk, but with powered things. I mean, the spear is made of vibranium. My concern is, um, you know, other than the the possibility that these weapons that have now been, uh, you know, turned on Jen to stop her um, in the overblown violence of being shamed as she was and just humiliated uh is is a a vibranium spear been melted down and turned into uh something that could hurt her i think it's also worth asking ourselves kind of for both ends of the story those we'll call them swat people i don't think they were uh labeled as any jurisdiction they weren't agents of swat Um, they got there awful fast, which is to say she flipped out and broke the screen. I mean, I I think what we saw at the end of the episode was basically in real time. So in my mind, it seems unlikely that there was just a superhero SWAT team, anti-superhero SWAT team, whatever it might be rolling on by. I could see just because of the flavor of this show, I could see the possibility they're there as in, you know, end of act, end of episode story thing. Um, and if that's the case next week, if that doesn't get addressed, so be it. But for now, I want to point out there does seem to be like some sort of I obviously whoever did this, whether it's Todd or whomever, it, it, it's premeditated. But the fact that there were people there to to apprehend her and people there so quickly seems suspicious to me. I don't think you can have it both ways. Um, she can be out in the open. She's never shown any violent tendencies. Yes, what happened at the parking garage, more collateral damage. 
Um, my mind goes perhaps to Department of Damage Control, DODC, and maybe, you know, that they keep tabs on her. But Matt, there was a line of dialogue that erased all that about the Sokovia Accords having been repealed. Yes. Well, let me put this way. Are you arguing, therefore, there's no legislation covering superpowered people? I mean, the in-world <laughs> legislation has been repealed. One would assume, yeah, I don't know that we really want to uh, handicap them. What after they brought back the other half of all life? I would agree with that. Is it possible that just as there are real-world SWAT teams meant to deal with extraordinary but, I'll, you know, I'll say plannable question mark, you know, deal with extraordinary measures might, I mean, look at it this way, property damage is property damage, assault is assault, and things of that sort. Could it be that in a post-Sokovia Accord world, there still is a legislation just to stop anybody from hurting anybody else and be like, you need super SWAT teams around, particularly if you're in cities where there are people like this. Is that just part of how things are done? You know, is that kind of like the, you know, we all still take off our shoes at the airport, even though I don't think there's necessarily a ton of data to support it as a safety thing. Um, but still that's in place. Is it just taken for granted that, you know, a Los Angeles, a New York, and so forth have super SWAT ready to go for situations like this. Again, from a plot standpoint, you need something to stop her at the end of the episode and help her have the realization of, I have screwed up, though I was provoked. Um, but at the same time, we talk frequently it takes a line of dialogue just to explain oh no department of uh you know damage control is on the way agree now you have me wondering is is that line not there because we're holding off you know the reveal of uh who was it from Ms. Marvel? Cleary and Deaver, although I know one of them is, is in the doghouse now. Is there something like that? What I think is interesting is, and obviously the episode's very self-aware of this, but what is being set up in the finale? Because I frequently made the joke slash not joke how most Marvel stories end the same way, uh, or by and large the same way, and here we are, we're entering the finale without a similarly powered person who is evil uh we're entering without i mean without a clear antagonist we know it's intelligentsia on these groups and so forth the, the, the people within the group and so forth um there's kind of not a clear finish line but for one and being very serious here the notion that yes the show has delightfully meandered hither and yon and we've done some self-contained this and that the other although how self-contained was the wedding if josh is now an important story element for the remainder of the season but i digress the notion that it seems the real bad guys here are the ones so offended by uh, this extraordinary woman by female power um fact that she she looks good and she looks good to her own eyes and she's self-confident she's educated and so forth i applaud the show for setting up 
that mindset as the villain and not well to have a really cool cg battle with a whole bunch of pixels where we knock down digital brick walls uh we got to have the anti-hulk who's uh, somebody else who's just as hulky like no let it be these low life guys uh and and let her triumph over them right that you preempted a red hulk or you know any out of left field deus ex machina instead uh we're gonna have the discussion of this woman being unfairly judged because she's a woman um and because she makes her choices um and what would be okay for a man to do is uh wrongly vilified uh chosen by a woman i just think you know for for as kind of uh faux upsetting the end of the episode is you know i'm feeling for our hero i'm against our villains i'm not you know this is not you know walking dead season two and the barn and things of that sort it did not kind of kind of move me to that degree but yeah i'm feeling all the feels that we're supposed to but i also i have this sense of anticipation for next week in part because the character end is so strong i feel like we you know though this is the the covid shortened season we went from 10 episodes to nine and so forth i feel like next week we've got to be looking at a 45 minute episode or something like that just because I don't think that we're we're not a hop skip and a jump away from like, you know, and then she says, sorry, SWAT, and she Hulk jumps out of there and then follows the car down the street and, you know, uh follows them back to the lair, and there is Todd, and she smacks Todd around the end. Like there there's there's story lengths to go before this is meaningfully wrapped up. And I feel like that means a bigger episode to cap off a fantastic season. Well, let's talk our predictions for the season finale, Matt. Uh, do you expect any Wakandans to show up? You know, if only they had a movie in a couple weeks. Pete, I would not want to have a Wakandan artifact and have Florence Katsumba's Io coming after me. Uh, of course, the last time we saw her was Falcon the Winter Soldier in a similar situation. Um I think that 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 is a possibility to have some people from Wakanda show up the synergy with the, you know, with with the film and so forth. It's funny, Marvel Studios television born out of the uh, the uncertainty of COVID and the COVID shutdown and so forth. I think that we're at a place production wise where we can now dream such dreams like can we get the movie production of this one movie and the show production of this show, can we get them in sync so we can really hit a high note and go, boom, October, Wakandans come to She-Hulk, awesome She-Hulk finale. Handful of weeks later, the story continues or or, or things of that sort. Um, so I think it's a really heads-up prediction there. What of Todd and Josh for the finale? I mean... It's been set up enough, not just that they're kind of, you know, creepy, um, invasive, this dude bro mindset and so forth. Um, But it's also been mentioned enough times that the law firm gives certain extra pull to the rich, to the wealthy. 
Um, and I think that works for, you know, our lavish law firm and she's gone from money troubles and the defenders off public defender's office, not the defenders, um, to, you know, now you're making the money and we all go, okay, I'm, I'm happy to have a main character who's living comfortably in life and all of that. Um, but I do think we can, the point being this, the, the, the Josh's and Todd's of the world financed by, you know, by, by rich daddies who are sympathetic to their, you know, oh, I got shot down by the woman kind of perspective. Perhaps there could be a bit of a takedown there too. Um, and story-wise, as much as Holloway has kind of played it um, played it on the, the straight path of goodness here, I would bet that in addition to, you know, the, the physical uh, beating of Todd and so forth, um, maybe she leaves the law firm to, to strike out on her own private practice. Will we see Cousin Bruce and find out why he left Earth? I think if we see Cousin Bruce, it's either in a end of episode. It's not a post credit scene, but end of episode like, whoa, what? The story continues elsewhere. Or in a post credit whose job oftentimes is the story continues elsewhere. I don't think that in the body of the narrative we get him returning and this is when i listen back in a week's time and it's like oh yeah there they are fighting in that park in downtown los angeles where picard shot and that's when his ship is going to come and he's going to be like you need some help cuz and you know so i could be wrong but i don't think he's going to show up substantially in the story do you have any other predictions for the finale i mean i so liked the notion of um Betsy Ross, Liv Tyler's Betsy Ross returning um, also as a setup for Thunderbolts and things of that sort. I really, really liked it, but I like better that we don't need a villain like that. The villain can be the scum of these small-minded men. Um, so I don't want to go too big because I think the the real victory will be this kind of closer to the real world victory that I think Jen can have. So other than defeating the villains, leaving the law firm, being independent, taking Nikki with her, maybe Pug, maybe she does a Jerry Maguire moment and Pug comes to um, beyond that. I think that's it for predictions. Objection, you're already badgering the witness. Well, what do you want me to give him a testimonial dinner? To the mailbag we go, Pete, specifically our Twitter poll, where, Pete, I was keeping things uh, spoiler-free here with some uh, shocked emojis. How did you like this week's She-Hulk? The choices, Pete, the lowest one was kind of like a meh emoji. That got 6.7%. Sorry, Todd's and Dennis's out there. Congrats. You searched for hashtag She-Hulk and found a poll, and you downvoted it with a couple of votes there. Hooray. Uh two sunglass people zero percent three sunglass people 2.2 percent pete four sunglass people 91.1 percent at or near the top ever of the polls that we've been running uh unscientific though they may be so many sunglass people and uh you know, uh, an art form to not blurt it out. Oh my God, Daredevil's on this week. Ah, bah, 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 bah. You know, there's been a lot of people airing stuff a little too quickly in the blind there. We hear from Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo 1983. Great episode. Daredevil's walk of shame holding his shoes was perfect. How and why did the Sokovia Accords get repealed? 
that has got to have a broader impact. Also, how did damage control get to the gala so fast? Is someone else monitoring Jen? Will she be locked up next week? Pete, we've covered some of that. Do you think we see her? Does the episode next week start with her uh, being brought into jail and posing for the thing? Wait, no, you can't go back to Jen form or, or things of that sort. I mean, we've established that Supermax prison, um, you know, they fluted what's not going to happen with her getting fridged. Um, you know, does she wind up in custody? Does um, Bruce break her out or come speak on her behalf or, you know, perhaps the citizens or whatever? I think there's a lot of different directions they can go. I don't think it'll end on a downer. We hear from James the Sagacious, Big Kiln on Twitter. Daredevil's fighting was about to go full on Marvel Netflix. Just an amazing amount of fun with some pretty heavy stakes thrown in. Uh, at Steve Thurberge on Twitter uh, says, like She-Hulk again this week. We're doing the gala this week. Good stuff. Again, I say just announced season two already. Uh, another fine point, Pete, do we get for only the second time ever in MCU television? Do we get... She-Hulk will return in season two. I hope so. One of these, Matt, has to eventually come back, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, at BikeBRH says, this was the best one since episode one. I loved the Daredevil Walk of Shame and their chemistry in general. At some point, though, the show is going to have to deal with all the property damage she does over minor league <laughs> villainy. The fourth wall breaking was excellent as usual. Uh, at Noel Gardner, uh, pardon me, Noel Gardner at Noel Camille, the aforementioned uh, Captain Noel says, Yay, Daredevil, I love that we got great courtroom and fight scenes. I need more info on the repeal of the Sokovia Accords. I already hated Josh, but Todd is just as creepy. The lead into Wakanda Forever is interesting. Vibranium being auctioned. Can't wait to see how this ends. Uh, at Jelly, J Philly B4 Fandom says Daredevil and Hallways, two great things that go great together. <laughs> Add a She Hulk smash and Chef's Kiss. Feels like Intelligentsia is something that's going to linger in the MCU. What are the chances we see Jen in Blonsky's cell in the finale? Ooh, I literally have goosebumps at that thought. Uh, that's pretty good. Could we see Matt Murdock on the other side ready to defend her? <sighs> and then Pete. What if our sequel season has already been announced in Daredevil Born Again? Boom, She-Hulk will return in Daredevil Born Again. That's uh, Maybe yeah. that's why they need 18 episodes. <laughs> um, at Snow Goggles says, more than I could have ever expected. Can we get, a, can we get Matt Murdock to be the actual Marvel fling guy? Uh, Marvel can adopt <laughs> the Riker Star Trek attitude about coupling. Seems all good. Also, they skimp on the good stuff, so we need Daredevil to appear in Deadpool. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, Darren Bell, that's at Darth Rasslin 79 replies with a GIF GIF of Thor. Perfect. Uh, we hear from Spider-Ham Lincoln, Tess LC139. Well, this Froggy episode was just delightful, but uh, not just because an old hornhead graced us with a legit appearance uh, in a very believable story kind of way, I might add. we uh, That's his parenthetical insertion there. We got uh, action, humor, and a super tryst complete with a walk of shame that wasn't really shameful. Uh, that's true. And no Titania or Madison to spoil the fun. I, I would disagree about Madison spoiling the fun, but 
point made. Uh, I felt appropriately sorry for Jen at the banquet, and Mallory's award acceptance comment was perfect. I wish we had more than one episode left, but I'm confident that this series is not the last in which we'll see uh, Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk on screen. Spoiler for the next episode, IMDb has this picture attached to the finale's entry, and Pete, I will say it is um, Abomination in a t-shirt. I did see that, and oh, okay, is it definitively from that episode? We know that that's not assured. Um, also, usually don't render CGI uh, that um, makes the public unless it's used, so there's that too. Uh, we hear from uh, Farrell Nicholson, uh, A-F-H-C-I-N on Twitter. Perfect. My two favorite childhood heroes teaming up times two. I have no words. Their chemistry is perfect. Uh, Drive by Wrestling Pod. That's at Drive by Pod. Says new favorite episode. Great chemistry between Jen and Matt right away. Seems like a few hints of Netflix Daredevil being canon were dropped in as well. Oh, and that ending hurt. Can't wait to see it all shake out. Penultimately, we hear from Tweeter at Law, K-C-L-Y-L-E-1 on Twitter. Uh, best episode by far on all levels. I enjoyed the whole show, but this one finally shows there might be some stakes, while at the same time, more realistic lawyer speak, and one of the funniest walks of shame in history. A Matt-Gen relationship needs to be an MCU reality. I'm so glad they didn't drag out Daredevil's identity. I am so sad it's almost over. I absolutely cannot wait for next week's episode. Phenomenal episode. My heart was breaking for Jen when they showed the video and when she realized uh, what she did with her parents there. She went back briefly to Savage She-Hulk. So uh, I, I so much want to so much I want to say about this, but I'll leave it at that. Cannot wait for the podcast. Last, Pete, from Casey J. McGeorge. That's McGeorge36 on Twitter. Best thing about this episode, explain the difference between a henchman and a goon. Also <laughs> brings Bruce's words back about them looking at you like a monster. Can't wait for the finale. And I think, too, the subject of her blood, you know, all the more reason, Todd, with the previously on use of the word specimen. I, I think they wanted us thinking about that. To the email inbox we go, Pete hearing from Stacy, who says as follows, Hi, Matt and Pete. Love, I loved this episode. We got to see Jen's super suit, which is great. And finally, get Daredevil, whose suit color scheme is ketchup and mustard. I had no expectations regarding what kind of part Matt slash Daredevil was going to play in Jen's story. So him defending Luke in order to keep secret identities was great. Then he and Jen bonding over lawyer life was uh, delightful. And then later discussing legal strategies while fighting. Totally gave me Dread Pirate Robert uh, Roberts fighting Indigo Montoya vibes. <laughs> Their dynamic throughout the episode is just perfect. The debate about goons versus henchmen and Jen calling them hench goons. Loved all the fight scenes, especially Dr Jen dropping down through the ceiling. She-Hulk smash. Matt's walk of shame was not so much a walk of shame as a strut of oh yeahs. <laughs> well done, Stacy. Except he really needed to put his shoes on. As my friend said, Matthew, your helmet will not protect your feet from those L.A. streets. Oh, this is just golden here, Stacy. I continue to love Nikki's looks uh, and the dress uh, Luke made for Jen. The sparkly silver against her green skin really worked. I was so glad Luke agreed to make her clothes again. Though Jen not doing due diligence regarding Leapfrog's use of his super suit was a little unbelievable. Yes. Loved. Yeah, I would agree. Asterisk. She's not that into the case. Which should not be a reason why she's doing less than full due diligence, but 
there's wiggle room there, I think. Uh, but back to Stacy. Loved seeing mom and dad at the gala. Last thought. I wonder if other knitters slash uh, crocheters caught. When you undo a project you're working on, it's called frogging because you rip it, rip it, which, of course, sounds like ribbit. So the title of this episode made me laugh on multiple levels. And then Pete, I believe, is a yarn emoji. The first time my eyes have seen such a thing. Stacy wraps up by saying one episode left. Can't wait to see what happens. I hope Jen gets to spend more time with Matt. And as always, looking forward to your thoughts. That from Stacy, a.k.a. Sting Ray, a.k.a. Trek Girl 88 on Twitter. Always with those salient thoughts there. Yeah, the the walk of oh yeah. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's make that a thing. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Pete, what do you have there over on Apple Podcasts? We have a review left to the She Hulk podcast, left by uh, Mom of Six. Uh, five stars. The headline is "Love This the Most Since Loki," and it reads, "I like." all the usual with your podcast but with the show i especially like that it isn't particularly chaste and doesn't pretend that uh people have sex but is still family friendly enough to watch with all of our kids um i must confess as i was watching this episode with my daughter i was seeing clothes all of a sudden on the floor and i I think it I don't know what uh, the pizza. line is. Somebody ordered pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what, Pete? They, they 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 showed the right amount of feet, and the door closed at the proper time, at least for 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 here. They were uh, having a legal meeting. Listen, they live in Los Angeles. It's warm in the summer. She's still behind on her bills. Not a lot of time for air conditioning. All the best lawyers do their lawyer conversations while wearing less of. Pete, let's move on to a new topic here, shall we? Uh, and note that uh, we're able to be fully clothed as we podcast due to everyone who supports us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. Is that how that works? Yes, it is. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to choose from. But it takes just a dollar a month to get you behind that door. Can't contribute right now. Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts like Mom of Six. Uh, and everybody else, leave us a rating in seconds. Leave us a review in just a little while longer, all of which help us immeasurably. Pete, let's keep the She-Hulk conversation going, not just for next week's season finale, but don't forget, in two weeks' time, we will be doing the season wrap as well. So how can people be in touch with you to talk She-Hulk and other corners of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,759 followers, can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the P and the H, all one word, like it today. As we dive into the second half of this jam-packed four weeks with three shows a week, Pete, why not add another one? Because over on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, got She-Hulk right now, uh, Andor tomorrow, Lower Decks on Sunday, and of course, Werewolf by Night on Monday. Can't wait to go watch that, like, literally in five minutes. But for now, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. 
doesn't it feel like this episode should be over? 